Rhino, this is the first ever Friendly Confines Cubs podcast where we are on a train. I am traveling from Thousand Oaks, California to San Diego, so you're going to hear a lot of noise, maybe even a conductor, but this is technology at its finest. Well, it just shows your dedication, Chad. Dedication. Whether you're driving in a car, going to a game, Done that. on a train, going Done home, that. or you're driving to your softball game. Done doesn't that. doesn't matter. You are one of those people that wherever you may be, have phone in hand, you will record this podcast. And I give you all the credit in the world for that. I absolutely, genuinely do. Well, we've got such a great guest. I am thrilled, Rhino. You lined up a great interview with Dan Roan from WGN TV. I grew up with that guy. Um, you watched him, uh, everybody in Chicago. I mean, most of the history of Chicago, almost half of the history of Chicago of Dan Rowe has been on there. We lined that up and we have some great news to talk about as well. Yeah, absolutely have some great news to talk about. And of course, we'll also discuss Joe Madden's future. It is have, it's been decided at this point. We now know where he is going to be managing, at least for the next three years. And we also get into who the Cubs are talking to and who the favorite is for the uh, Cubs in blue and how they are going to break down this managerial search. So stick around because we have the extra innings edition of the Friendly Confines coming up right now. Chad, 10th inning now, and the Cubs and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim have something in common now. Both of them, once upon a time, had Joe Madden, and now Joe Madden comes full circle, going back to the team that he started his career with, going now to manage the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, a three-year deal worth between 12 and $15 million. Um, I had said this a long time ago when we started talking about Joe Madden leaving this organization, that the Angels seemed like the obvious choice. And it seems like from the very beginning, this was the marriage that was going to happen, considering yeah. they had fired uh, their manager and Brad Osmus. And now Joe is able to go home. I, I'm very happy for him. And I think this is the perfect fit for him to be back in the American League. And not only that, managing arguably the best player in baseball in Mike Trout and an owner who has very deep pockets and is looking to spend a lot of money this offseason. What do you take away from that? And now going back to the organization he started his career with. Yeah, not a surprise at all. I mean, you, you talk about 34 years in that industry, in, in that organization before he moved over to take over Tampa Bay and then, and then and then eventually over to the Chicago Cubs. I mean, you know, we've talked about this during that rain delay on that Wednesday night in Cleveland you know, in game seven, he went down and grabbed the old Angels hat and had it in his back pocket. The Angels have always been a part of his, his, his blood, always been a part of his heart. And uh, this was, I think, just completely inevitable. And, and you could probably trace back to when he knew he was going to be an Angel to when he knew he wasn't coming back to the Cubs is when they did get rid of their manager, knowing that this was going to happen. You know, the surprise here is, you know, Joe is making five to six million a year here. Um, and, and now uh, make it a little bit less, but he's still getting quite a bit of a payday and he's going to be one of the highest paid managers. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's the right fit. This is probably going to be a, his legacy move right here. This is probably where he's going to manage until he retires. And it's just, it's the right decision. Um, as, as we've talked before, I didn't have a problem with him parting ways after the five years. Um, I think the Cubs need something a little bit different. So what do you think? Do you think that, uh, um, that he is going to, 
have a chance um, with the Angels organization. This isn't an Angels podcast here, but you've got a lot of money uh, money tied up into Pujols for a couple more years. Can they make the move? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think the one thing that we know about Joe is that he is able to come into a clubhouse immediately and make an impact, right? I mean, he did that as soon as he got to the Cubs in 2015. He changed the culture in Tampa Bay. So I have no doubt the Angels have talent on that roster. I mean, there is no doubt. Shiante Otani, you know, the Japanese sensation is there. And you got, obviously, Mike Trout, as we mentioned before, who's arguably the best player in all of Major League Baseball. Um, There's a lot of good players. You, You mentioned Albert Pujols, who's got a couple more years on his deal. I think Joe knows this organization inside and out. He understands the culture there being, you know, the last part of that World Series championship when he was a bench coach under Mike Sosha. So I think for for him to go in there now and be able to kind of change that outlook. And again, Artie Moreno, as I mentioned before, I have no doubt that this team is going to go out and really make a push to try and yeah. sign Garrett Cole, who uh, arguably yeah. could win the Cy Young Award this year. And he could be a guy who the Angels covet as well to bring in, kind of like what the Cubs did with John Lester, to kind of come in and be that, you know, presence yeah. in the rotation you, and, and solidify that starting five. Yeah, you've got a lot more faith in that in that franchise. But, you know, shifting to the 11th inning, let's go right to where we think the Cubs are going to be. It seems to be a two- or three-man race. Who do you got? Who do you think is going to eventually be the skipper for the Cubs? Yeah, I mean, listen, if if I was a betting man right now, it's it's coming down to David Ross. But reports keep uh, surfacing that Joe Espinata, who is the bench coach for the Houston Astros, apparently had an amazing interview and gave uh, Theo and Jed a lot to think about as they get ready to make this move. You know, here, there's something to be said about this, Chad. If the Houston Astros do end up winning the World Series... Um, it wouldn't look terrible. It would actually look really good if you brought in like the bench coach from the World Series champion Houston Astros. Um, And I do know for a fact that the Miami Marlins and Derek Jeter were very interested in Espinata as well um, before they decided to retain Joe, uh, excuse me, Don Mattingly. So this is a guy who's on a lot of teams' radars. And uh, if he doesn't land the Cubs job, there's going to be a period of time where this guy will become a manager. But, you know, there could be something to be said. I understand everybody wants Grandpa Rossi because of the fact that he's, you know, played on the on the 16 team. But there is something to be said about bringing in an outside guy, having a fresh perspective and somebody who I think already has that kind of winning culture with the Houston organization that he can come in and manage this team. So. I know that Ross is the favorite, but I actually would like to see Espinata as the next Cubs manager. What, what do you think about that? I, I think it's a done deal. I think it's been a done deal. I think there was an inside deal. I think there's always been that uh, that uh, behind-the-scenes the discussion that, uh, David, when it's your time, it's going to be your time. And I think uh, it's, it's, it's as much to sell tickets as much as they know. Um, that, that he will do that. He will draw a crowd. His, his press conferences will be much must-see uh, TV on the new marquee network. Um, and, and ultimately, uh, you've got a guy that knows the system, knows the players, and the front office thinks a great deal of him. I mean, think about, you know, David is, um, David, David's been back to the, the days with Theo back in Boston. So I, 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 I think that that's a decision that's already made. I think any other name that's been bandied about 
is mainly just to make it seem like they they put some effort into this. Um, but I would be incredibly shocked if we saw anybody else but David Ross. And I, I would imagine the announcement probably going to come right after the World Series. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines, and we are very excited for our guest this week. He is the, I believe I'm saying this correctly, the dean of Chicago sportscasters on television, been the sports director at WGN-TV since 1984. I don't mean to date this guy, but it just shows his longstanding uh, wherewithal being in the Chicago media. It is Dan Rowan joining us here in the seventh inning stretch on the Friendly Confines. Dan, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Ryan. My pleasure. It is uh, good to talk to you. Now, just so I'm clear, I think I'm right about this. You have the longest tenure. Do you beat Gene Greco as having the longest tenure of any sportscaster in the city? Am I right about that? Well, I would say that uh, you're half right. He's been here longer than I have, but he's split his time between a couple of stations. Okay. So, I guess in that regard, I've been at one place longer than anybody. There you go. There you go. So uh, I, I'll give yes, sir. I'll take half credit for that, as as you mentioned. Well, <laughs> thanks thanks for giving us a a few minutes of your time, Dan. Um, we've had a few weeks now to kind of uh, digest, so to speak, this last 2019 season. Obviously, a lot of things going on with this team, a lot of moves already being made in the front office with this team. When you look back on 2019, have you had some time to kind of reflect at this point and look at how this team kind of ended up the way that it was? And and how would you mostly define it if uh, you were looking back on it at this point? Well, there were you know any number of things that went wrong, but uh, as the digestion process continues, uh, I'd say it's still not going down very well among Cubs Nation. I mean, to see the Cardinals get in there and make it all the way to the NLCS, uh, pretty tough for Cub fans to swallow, especially when the expectations were so high. Uh, in terms of what went wrong, it was a little bit of everything. I mean, they couldn't get a clutch hit. Uh, they were still right in the middle of it when the Cardinals came to town there in September, and they just, I mean, they lost four games by a run, uh, couldn't get a big hit when they needed it. Could get a big out when they needed it. So, in essence, um, while the whole season itself was kind of disappointing, you have to say in the end it was just their inability to make a clutch play, either pitching or hitting, that cost them a chance to get to the postseason. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. We're talking with Dan Rowan at WGN TV. You can find him on Twitter at D Rowan. Of course, Dan. Uh, longtime sports director at WGN TV, and of course covered the Cubs for a, an extremely long time. Um, Dan, I want to get into this. Uh, I knew it wouldn't take very long. I think a lot of people probably assumed this was going to be the move that was made. But Joe Madden, now the manager of the Anaheim, or excuse me, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, um, I, I'm sure it didn't uh, take too much to think about where he was going to end up. Um, how do you see Madden's future playing out in Los Angeles now that he's with the Angels, the organization that he basically grew up with, um, and, and kind of where his uh, career will now take him, at least for the next three years? Yeah, I would say for Joe it's going to be kind of a, a, for a full circle kind of a deal, I think. He told us, I was in St. Louis for the final series there, and he actually had told the players 
Uh, we were at the hotel. It was WGN's final Cubs broadcast on Friday night of that series, and we were toasting each other in the uh, in the bar at the team hotel. And they in St. Louis, there this hotel has a very nice out patio with fire pits and all that stuff. And Joe had all the players and coaches out there. Uh, nobody else invited. In fact, when Jed Hoyer were sitting at the bar by themselves, and everybody else was out on the deck having a good time, and Joe was having individual conversations with all those guys. So um, I think we all saw it coming. Any but that's when he told the players, and then they told us on Sunday morning. Um, I think right then and there, I think we all knew he was headed for, for the Angels. I don't think there was any doubt about it. Uh, there's some other teams that were interested in him, but he's got a house out there, and like you said, he's got that long, long history, and I don't think there was really much question about where he was going to wind up. And he told us, you know, I got, he said, I probably have a three- to five-year shelf life before I'm ready to hang it up for good. So he signed a three-year deal. Um, I imagine if things go well in Anaheim, he'll probably stick on a couple more. And by that time, he'd be right at 70 years old, I think, and probably ready to hang it up and move on to other things. Yeah, absolutely. And then one day when the statue's unveiled at Wrigley, they can uh, bring him back for uh, for that, I'm sure. Uh, we're talking with right Dan. Outside of his restaurant. Absolutely, for sure. We're talking with Dan Rowan from WGN-TV. Um, now, Dan, you opened the door. I want to talk about the WGN history and everything with it being the last broadcast in a bit. But first, let's talk about the managers that the Cubs are looking to interview. Um, we know that David Ross, Joe Girardi, Gabe Kapler, these are all names that have already been mentioned that have been interviewing for the job. Mark DeRosa and then, of course, Mark Loretta, the bench coach, the other name that people are kind of tossing around. When you look at the list of candidates who do you think makes the most sense for this team moving forward? Or is it a guy that we're not even talking about right now? Uh, Houston's bench coach is in the mix, and they've also interviewed uh, their own first base coach, Will Venable, who's a sharp guy, a younger type of a manager he would be, and, and he has a lot of ideas about the way things should go. Uh, it's interesting to me that Theo... Uh, more than one time in his postseason address to the media made a big point of we need to move on from 2016. We're kind of resting on our laurels too much. We have to to get ahead of that and and make some new history here. And then David Ross comes in, and Ross is, you know, one of the favored sons for this job. doesn't make much sense to me because that's, you know, he's all about 2016, Uh, not to mention the fact that he, hasn't had any managerial experience at all. So if you're asking me who I'd rather have, I'd rather have Joe Girardi, a guy that went to school at Northwestern, uh, as Loretta did, but Girardi's uh, an Illinois native, played for the Cubs two different times, had plenty of success uh, managing in the toughest market there is. So if you're asking me, I'd love to see Girardi. And he would bring a little bit more discipline to that team and, you know, as great as Joe is at handling a clubhouse, you always wonder if he gave them a little bit too much rope and, you know, try to have them self-motivate rather than uh, have the manager step in. And I'm not talking about a bunch of rah-rah speeches, but I just think Joe has a little harder disciplinary side to him. Uh, Joe Girardi, that is. And I think, uh, maybe that wouldn't be a bad thing for this team. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I uh, kind of tend to agree with you on that. I, I think everybody seems 
there's that ism out there about Girardi that he doesn't get along with the front office people. He, he had some issues in Miami, then he goes to the Yankees, and he had a falling out with Brian Cashman. I, I Do you see that as at all a potential issue if that were to be the, the stopgap for him to get the job or not? No, I don't think it's an issue at all. Uh, in Miami, he's dealing with an owner who was, you know, a moron? Gloria, who's, uh, <laughs> yeah, an idiot. Yes. So, you don't, you know, you totally discount that. And then New York, um, you know, Cashman is getting it from all sides, and so is Joe in terms of media and fans and everything else. It's, you know, it's easy to see where they'd have a disagreement about some things. Sure. But all in all, I think he did a pretty good job there. Anybody that lasts that long in a job in New York has doing, is doing a good job, regardless of what you think about him. So I don't think, you know, Theo and Jed are very thorough about what they're trying to do here. And I think if they decide on Joe, I think they'll get well past all that, the issues between uh, him and past general managers. I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. We're talking with Dan Rowan at WGN-TV here on the Friendly Confines during our seventh inning stretch. So, Dan, let's jump into this uh, 70-plus years of history of WGN-TV and the Chicago Cubs. Um, as somebody who grew up in the Chicagoland area myself, obviously watching you and watching WGN and the Cubs for so long, um, I, I feel like you are obviously the perfect person to talk about this. Um, can you kind of just go through... Um, your thoughts, and I'm sure you've been asked this already, but what this relationship has meant, not just for you, but now the end of this historic run between the Chicago Cubs and WGN-TV as they move on now to the Marquee Network, um, and kind of how you have um, put your thoughts together on, on what this run has meant and now the end uh, of this run. I'll be honest with you. We all, I think over the last couple of months of the season, we all uh, actually started to realize that this was really going to happen. Uh, I think there, in the back of some people's minds, there was still a chance that maybe we'd be some kind of a limited partner with those guys. And I think really, uh, from their standpoint, it wouldn't be a bad idea to put some games on our channel just as a promotional uh, wheel for them because you know they're having a tough sell right now. Uh, people don't want to pay money because they never, they've never had to in the past to watch Cub games. So, uh, were they to do that, it might help them out uh, in the long run. But uh, yeah, so by and large, it's over uh, 72 years. I like to think I was there for the first year of the modern era, if you want to call it that. They hadn't won anything in 39 years. I got the job in '84, and they won the division then. And then, you know, from then on, it was usually not much more than a few years before there was some kind of a postseason appearance. So uh, they got legit in 84, and that's really when um, we took off. I mean, I think we started on the Superstation in 81. Harry was hired in 82, and Steve Stone came along in 83. And when they won in 84, um, it's when things really took off. And it's been a great partnership, uh, you can talk to a lot of Cub fans across the country and they'll flat out tell you the only reason they're a Cub fan is because of WGN. I mean, we talked to some of the younger players who said, yeah, we'd come home from school and watch the last three innings. And uh, that's how a lot of people are introduced to baseball in general, not just the Cubs. So 
been a great relationship uh, for us and for them. Uh, from the station standpoint, not only are we out of the cup, but uh, we, for the last probably 25 years, we've had the White Sox and the Bulls, and then since 2007, we've had the Blackhawks, maybe 11 years of the Hawks or 12, and they've all moved on together to another cable outlet here in town, so we're kind of left hanging. We don't have anything going on right now, but... Uh, it's been a great run, and it's been great for me. I've been there for the whole the whole part of it, and uh, we'll just see how things go from here, see how the station uh, moves along. It's not really going to affect our news coverage of games, I don't think, but um, in terms of actual production people and putting the games on the air, uh, it's kind of the end of an era, and everybody's at the station is still a little bit sad about it. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, it's like a part of at least – my childhood, you know, be it that I started following the Cubs when I was a kid in around 1986. I was a little too young for the 84 team, but 86 was my first year. And, you know, I, as, as uh, you know, as well as I do, it's, you know, Harry and Steve and Tom Brenneman, Dwayne Stats, Chip, you know, all the guys going through all the broadcasters that I watched over the years. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing to see that, um, you know, it's, it's kind of gotten to that point. Um, when you look back at um, this, you know your run of 35 years of being a part of Cubs broadcast. Is there one that sticks out to you, a memory that you have, whether it's uh, part of the broadcast team? I know you got to the opportunity to do some play-by-play at one point um, as fill-in and uh, seeing this team. Is the, what what sticks out to you? Maybe uh, not even so much about the broadcast, but maybe of the team that you will always hold special and near and dear to your heart. Well, 98 was a really fun year for me because uh, they made the postseason. Uh, uh, the home run race between McGuire and Sosa was happening, and Kerry Wood made his debut. And that was the year that I I think I probably did 25 of 30 games as the play, uh, play-by-play guy. So I did Kerry Wood's first game and Sammy's 66th homer in the old Astrodome. Uh, so I, I think 98 for me was probably as much fun as any, but the 2003 team, uh, the Steve Bartman affair and all that, that's one Cub fans will never forget. And then, of course, uh, 2016, although we didn't get to do any of the postseason games, we did a lot of programming in and around the playoffs and the World Series and when the Cubs went on to win it. Uh, so those, those three years, I would say, 98, 2003, and 2016 are the ones uh, that stand out for me the most. That's awesome. That's good stuff. Well, Dan, thank you so, so much for taking the time to join us here on the Friendly Confines. Uh, we so appreciate your time. And um, Dan Roan, you can find him on Twitter, at DRoan. Of course, you can find him on the WGN News. Uh, certainly, you can see his sportscast. And, of course, on uh, Sunday nights through Thursday nights, you can catch him uh, doing all things sports on WGN. So, Dan, thanks again for the time. Good luck this off season. We hope we'd love to have you on again. I hope we can connect again. We'd love to bring you back on the program uh, sooner rather than later. Great. Happy to do it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Once again, our thanks to Dan Rowan from WGN. Legend. Yeah, and it was really great to get his perspective on the history of WGN-TV and the Cubs and kind of what it meant to him to see the end of an era with 72 years of 
the Cubs and WGN coming to yeah. an end as they now move on to the marquee network. Um, and, and the fact that Dan has been there for 35 of those 72 years. So, I mean, he certainly has seen a lot in his time. And so- Can I tell you a funny story? Can I tell you something you probably don't know? I mean, I'm a downstater, right? So I grew up watching WCIA in Champaign. Dan Rowan was the first sports guy I ever watched as a kid. Right. He was at my local channel before he moved up into Chicago. So I've, I've had a lifetime with Dan. And so when, when, you know, when you said you had him lined up, I mean, I just, just, I think the world of him and the product perspective, his history with WGN is just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget that you can also uh, keep the conversation going with both Chad and myself at the, uh, the Twitter handle for me is at Ryan D. Lever. For Chad, it is at Cubs Confines. We're always interested to hear what you have to say as well. And if you haven't already do this, make sure you go to Facebook and find us on the Friendly Confines Chicago Cubs Facebook headquarters. Just search for Friendly Confines Chicago Cubs on the Facebook. A great thriving community. We're going to have spring training tickets, regular tickets, and everything and anything you need uh, uh, for a a fun-loving Cubs uh, site. Yeah, that's right. Well, we appreciate everybody who had the opportunity and uh, obviously who's been listening all season to give you this kind of special edition of the Friendly Confines. So let's end with this, Chad, as we uh, move into extra innings here. And, of course, the Washington Nationals making their first appearance in a World Series that includes the history with the Montreal Expos. And it is wouldn't great to see Davey Martinez, who was a bench coach for the Cubs, played for the Cubs. Um, certainly was awesome to see what he has been able to do with this franchise, considering the start that this team had in the beginning of the year when they were just 19 and 31 at one point. People were calling for Martinez's job. And I'll tell you what, the turnaround yes. that we have seen from the Nationals to see them get there, um, I, I got to tell you, I'm rooting for them at this point. They're kind of the sentimental favorites. People at D.C. who uh, have never been able to see a winning championship baseball team since the Senators of 1933, here's their chance. So um, do you give the Nats the edge over whoever comes out of the American League, whether it's the Astros or the Yankees? Do do you not remember? I mean, what did I say? What did I say (laughs) in our last episode? I chose the Nationals to to win it all. And, and part of it was a bit of a, a bit of a sentimental pick because I know my, ne- uh, my, my two nephews who I travel out every year to DC to take them to a Cubs national series. Uh, no, how thrilled they would be, but same reason I said at the end of the end of the year, this was the team. I'm a firm believer. You, the team that wins it all is a team that gets hot at the right time and is healthy. And the Washington nationals, I'm, I'm telling you, they, you just, you broke it down. They were, they came out of nowhere, battled their whole way. They had their backs against the wall. They believe they could win in every single game, and they have one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. And my pick for the National League MVP, they have a lot to prove here, and I think all of the weight of expectations are on the Astros, um, or especially on the Yankees and the legacy they take behind it. For the Nationals, um, they can go in, and I think they can shock the world and, and, and take it down, and that's my All right, very good. Well, Chad says it. I hope that it does happen, and it would be great to see Davey Martinez raising the crown. Um, and win that world championship sure for the city, or rather the district of uh, Washington, D.C. Well, that is going to do it for this special edition of the Friendly Confines. We always appreciate it, everybody. Stay tuned for more special episodes in the coming months as we preview more of the off season. So for Chad, I am Ryan. 
We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Have a good one. See you at the ballpark, everybody. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're a field The first time you walk into Wrigley